Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Depending on what time you're listening, welcome to Pan Blast, the podcast. My name is Sharice Cave, and I'm the lead prophetess and a pastor of the Healing Waters Ministries. Um, I'm also, obviously, the host of the podcast. And it is indeed a pleasure to have you with us this week. I'm just going to open with prayer before we go any further. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. We honor and we bless your matchless and your holy name. God, we adore you today. And we thank you, O oh God, for this platform where we can discuss issues, where we can speak about things pertaining to you, O oh God, a platform that has been blessed by your hands. And so, Father, we say thank you. As we go into today's session, mighty God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will cause us to be reflective. Lord, let me speak only what you have to say. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, I pray that the listeners, those who would hear, those who would be impacted by this podcast, God, that you would indeed touch them in a special way. Cause everything that is said, oh God, to fall upon good soil and to germinate good plants, good fruit, oh God, may it come from these plants in the mighty name of Jesus. And we say, God, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Bless the Lord. So, welcome again to Pun Blast, the podcast. Today is hmm, a very similar topic to the one we would have discussed last week. And Actually, the base scripture is the same, Isaiah 40, verse 31, as it says, wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. (laughs) We've heard this scripture so many times. I mean, growing up, it's one that I would have heard the adults quoting over and over again and of course we had no idea we had no idea of what it meant we had no idea it's like okay so you wait and you get good things fine (laughs) and we often hear the idiom that says good things come to those who wait but (laughs) today i just want to talk about waiting in the middle in the middle waiting in the middle Hmm. And this this middle part, this has come about because the Holy Spirit was sharing with me, even as he reminded me of a sermon that I had watched a few weeks back, you know, that the beginning of a thing is always exciting, you know, because there is hope and there are prospects, you know, of what can happen, what can take place. But the ending of a thing is fulfilling, Because you see everything that you would have gone through to get to this point and you are so excited, you are so fulfilled because it has come to pass. But then there's the middle. So if the beginning is exciting and the end is fulfilling, then what would the middle be? The middle, my friends, is daunting. (laughs) You heard me, it is daunting. And that's because you are no longer... In Egypt, but you are not yet to the promised land. 
and so the in-between stages tend to be very hard they tend to be difficult the middle is daunting because you are no longer who you were before you're not that person <laughs> and you're not yet who you ought to be so then it's like who am i in the middle the question that many of us would ask is who am i in the middle it's a process everything in life but christianity the whole journey it is a process and sometimes this process uh, in the middle it is uh, you have all the thoughts that you would have had at the beginning you know that oh i can't wait to see what god is going to do and it's going to be fantastic but then when you get into the middle you recognize it's not you know a bed of roses or maybe it is a bed of roses because we tend to forget that roses have thorns so when we fall into this bed of roses and the thorns prick us we think that we're not in a bed of roses or we think that we start to doubt god we start to say am i really and truly within the will of god and if i am within the will of god why is it so hard why is it so daunting why is it so and you know why is it so uneasy why is it why is it hard because we think that when we're within the will of god that it's supposed to just go smoothly but can i tell you that being within the will of god sometimes when these things happen it shows you that you are exactly where you need to be that you are strategically placed last week we spoke about a desert hmm. and how hard the desert is but if we would have recognized with the children of Israel, the desert was the middle place. It was the place in the middle. That was the place that was hard. It was difficult because every single thing that they would have received came directly from God's hand. It wasn't a case where their bread, they knew their bread was buttered. It's like you lose your job or you have to leave your job for whatever reason. And you don't know how your bills are going to be paid. You are literally relying on God for every single thing. For your bills to be paid. For the children to be fed. You're relying on God for yourself to be fed. Because you're in the middle. You're no longer in bondage. But you're not in the land of promise as yet. And I think sometimes in Christianity we are not honest with people. We're not honest with people. We don't tell them about this part. We don't tell them about the middle. But the middle is where we do a lot of waiting. <laughs> and it's not just about waiting. But it is what? It's about what we do when we wait. Yeah, it's about what we do when we wait. Because sometimes we just say, okay, I'm waiting. But what does that mean? What does waiting mean? It means that I am expectant. It means that God has made me a promise and I haven't seen it as yet. I am in the process. You know, I'm in the process of going to my promise. But I haven't seen it as yet. I haven't seen its fulfillment as yet. But I believe that this promise is going to come to pass. Which means that there is a, an air of expectancy. 
there's an air of this, I'm going to get this thing kind of thing going on. You know, it, it, it says that when things get difficult and things get hard, that I can look back and remember the beginning when God first made me this promise and see all the things that he would have done before and say, you know what? If he did it before, he's going to do it again. The middle is a place of expectancy. Sometimes we think that waiting is boring. <laughs> waiting is quiet. You know, you're not doing anything. You're not saying anything. And honestly, to wait is one of these. <laughs> you need strength to wait. You need strength to wait. It is one of those things where... It is an active, an active action. It is not a passive thing. Waiting is very, very active. So my question to you, regardless of what you're waiting for, because we're all waiting on different things, but my question to you would be, what are you doing while you wait? Hmm. What are you doing when you wait? We would have touched the first one, which is to expect Expect this situation to turn around. Expect your spouse to actually come. Expect this individual within your family to change. In God's perfect timing, of course. All of these things are subject to God's perfect timing. The Kairos moment. We're going to talk about that on another session. But expect it. That's the first course of business to expect. Because if you don't expect anything, can I tell you that you won't receive anything? How can we say we're waiting on God, but we don't expect for him to do anything? How can we say that we're waiting on God, but when he gives us a promise, we doubt? And I'm not saying that sometimes you don't waver because it happens. But when those thoughts and those emotions come, you subject them to God because God didn't give you that thought. God would never give you a thought to doubt him. Never, ever, ever would he give you a thought to doubt him. And if it's not from him, it's obviously from the other guy known as the enemy of our souls, Satan himself. And so expectancy is so important. Because it says that I trust in the character of God. It says that even though I am seeing things around me looking contrary to what God has said, they don't look anything like what God has promised. But in this, I can be sure, I can be strong in believing that he is who he says he is. And if he is the promise keeper, and if he is the way maker that he's promised to be, then it means that he's going to give me what he said he's going to give me. The word tells us that he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Why would God lie to you? Why would he lie to me? He wouldn't because it's not his nature. He isn't the father of lies. That's the other guy. So expectancy is important because it means we have to trust in the nature of God. And if we are trusting in the nature of God, it means that we have to know 
the nature of God. And that's the next thing that we need to do when we're waiting. Get to know God. Get to know God. One of the things that you would recognize, you would meet an individual and you may hit it off with them. In fact, you may have known of them beforehand. However, it doesn't mean that you actually know them. Knowing of God is not knowing God. And if we're going to believe that what he says he's going to do, then that means that we have to know who he is so we can trust him. You can't trust somebody that you don't know. If you meet a total stranger on the road, unless your faith is, I don't know, exponentially big, huh? you're not going to tell. If that stranger tells you, go on your bank account and draw off $200 and put in my hand. Thus saith the Lord. I can tell you that most of you won't do it. Most of you won't do it. Especially if in your spirit you don't feel convinced. But you see the same thing is applicable for us. In that when God tells us to do something. Very often we find ourselves in disobedience because we don't know who he is. So we think why would God tell me do this or why would God tell me do that? It doesn't make any sense. But can I tell you that God will tell us to do something while we are waiting that makes no sense to us, but has it has something to, to bear fruit later on? Sometimes it doesn't make sense to us, but he understands why. Because he's already in the future. He operates from eternity future. He's the God of eternity past, eternity present, and eternity future. So all down 10 years down the line, he knows that that thing he told you to do that made no sense, that it would make sense then. In 2018, God told me to leave my job, which I did, but I didn't do it knowing what was about to happen. I did it because... I figured it was time to blow up in business and I was like, yeah, God, I bought this. <laughs> but that's not what happened. I was working another job too. So I figured I would still be secured, you know, I still secure that bag. But then God allowed the situation to take place where I had no choice, no choice but to leave that other job. And then he turned around and he told me, it wasn't time to be running the business. It made no sense. To man, it made no sense. But today, it makes perfect sense because now I work for God. God has called me to full-time ministry and to entrepreneurship. But back then, it made no sense. So sometimes, God would tell us to do things in our waiting that makes no sense. That's why spending time in his presence is important while we wait. Because then we build that relationship and that trust is fostered because we come to understand that he is indeed a good God. That he is a faithful father. 
We come to understand that no good thing will he withhold, withhold from them that walk uprightly. So then when he says, Sharice, go left. Sharice doesn't stop and say, but God, the right side look a little better. I see my friend Susie cross there upon the right side. I think I can try that. No. Knowing him is important because you can't expect anything good from anybody that you don't know. So in our waiting, it, the onus is on us to build that relationship with God. And the beautiful thing about it is that he doesn't, he doesn't expect us to do it ourselves. All we do is take one step. We take one step and he comes the rest of the way towards us. Legit, God does the work. All we do is yield to him. All we do is choose to obey. And we get to know him. <laughs> While we are waiting, we need to worship. What does that look like? Does it look like singing songs every morning at 5 a.m.? Does it look like blazing the stereo and waking up all my neighbors? No, it doesn't. I mean, that's good. You still have to be considerate to people. Of course, you don't go at 5 a.m. and blast tunes. But yes, singing, praising, and thanksgiving has a part to do with it. You do that, of course. Get into your worship music and stuff. But worship takes on a deeper connotation here. Worship is lifestyle. Worship is lifestyle. Because when we come into the understanding of who God is and just how much he is worth, like when we come to recognize how great and how powerful and how matchless this God is, how can we not have the desire to live our lives as pleasing unto him? Obedience is a part of worship. Loving our neighbor is a part of worship. The, the lady at the well in Samaria, the Samaritan woman, and we often call her the woman at the well. Jesus said to her, the time is coming and is here. Where they that worship the Father must worship him in spirit and in truth. And these things all tie into one another because we have to worship him in our spirits. Yes, of course. And in the right spirit. But then there's also the part of truth. And truth is not just sincerity. That's only one part of it. But truth is the truth of who God is. And that is why it's important to get to know him. Because when we get to know him, then it makes it that much easier for us to worship him. To give him what is his. Of course, to be thankful. And not just feel thankful, but to tell him to express it. Worship is the expression of our gratitude and our, our desire for God. It is understanding what he is worth and giving it to him. Whether that is in terms of upping your prayer time. Whether that is in relation to reading the Bible and just... Or even sitting in silence and listening to his voice and saying, Lord, I want to hear what you have to say. Worship 
has over the years been dumbed down to just music and music is very powerful eh? but it's not the only form of worship that we that we experience that's only scraping barely scraping the iceberg like that's barely the top of the iceberg the tip it has so many different aspects so while we're while we're waiting we worship and why do we worship we worship because it takes our focus from off of the things we're waiting on onto him who is actually bringing these things or fulfilling these promises to us so sometimes we find ourselves in states of fatigue and when I say fatigue, I'm not speaking about physical fatigue because it does manifest itself physically as well. But I'm talking about spiritual fatigue. Hmm. And we can't figure out why. Why am I so frustrated? Why is it that every time I think about this promise or, or you know, in my life, I feel as though I'm going nowhere and nothing is happening? Even though God has promised me these things. If you are weary, it means that you are not resting in God. Hmm. It means you're not rested in God. And he's called us to a place of rest. So what happens when we worship is that our focus is realigned. And then we can see God clearly again. It takes our focus from off of the blessing and places it on the blesser. Because the word tells us that when we keep our minds on him, that he keeps us in perfect peace. He keeps us in perfect peace. So if we don't have perfect peace, what does it mean? It means that our minds are not stayed on him. And constant worship, constant worship helps to keep our minds fixed upon him. And it keeps us in the place of peace because it is a transfer, a spiritual transfer. We give him his worship, what he's worth. I heard Jerry Flowers one time say, worth-ship, what he's worth. We give him that and he gives us his peace. And when we worship him, we're also giving him the things that burden us. That's a part of worship. We give him the things that burden us. And in return, he gives us peace and tranquility. It doesn't mean that nothing happens in our lives that, you know, would be negative. Of course, things will happen. Especially as a Christian, things are going to happen. But what it does mean is that you have the grace and the peace regardless of what comes. Just as Paul would have been told by God, you know, my grace is sufficient. And it is when we worship that, well, when we're worshiping consistently, and again, that is living the lifestyle of worship, just for clarity. When we do that, we come to understand that, you know, I'm resting on his grace. It's his grace that is carrying me through. It's his grace that is doing this work in me because 
often we think that God gives us a promise and we are the ones to accomplish it. But no, that's not it. Anytime God gives you a promise, it's for him to do it. He does it by his spirit. Like Zechariah says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So God will never give you a promise and expect you to fulfill it. Did you create the earth in six days and rest it on the seventh just because you can? No, we don't have the capacity to fulfill the promises of God. We just don't. And so it's important to just surrender and allow him to do what he has to do in the process while we're waiting. But what about speaking God's promises back to him? While we are waiting, one of the things that God has been teaching me is to prophesy his promise. And how does it become prophecy? It becomes prophecy because it is God's word. It is what he has said. If it is what he has said to you, then when you speak it back, it becomes a prophetic release. So one of the things that we have to be conscious to do is to prophesy his promise. Speak and pray about his word to him. There are times that, you know, we would say, well, I got prayer to God about this. And there are things, yes, that we ought to pray to God about and ask him for. But if you've already asked and he's already given you the answer and said, yes, you can have it. It is yours. Or even those promises that you may not have asked for, but he's, he said, I have this for you. Then unless God requests you to ask, why are you still asking? It is yours. Don't ask. Thank him. Thank him for the fulfillment of the promise, even though you haven't seen it. And as long as you are waiting, continue to thank him for that promise being fulfilled. Continue to tell him that you expect to see it because God moves on faith. Faith moves God. It moves his heart tremendously. And when he can see that my son, my daughter, they believe me enough to speak back my word to me, to prophesy my promise, it makes him excited. He loves it. What? God loves it. Speak back his word to him. Talk to him about the promise. And I'm not just talking about, Lord, when it coming? No, I'm talking about, for instance, if God has promised you a spouse, talk to God about him. Talk to God about him. Thank God for him. Thank God for him. And ask him, you know, to reveal things to you about this individual. Understanding that the promise is already yours and it's already a complete work. It is a complete action. And speaking about a complete work, when we are waiting, one of the things that we sometimes fail to recognize is that we have a waiting period because God is perfecting a work within us and through us. He's perfecting a work. When he is going through the process with us because we never face it alone, 
When we are going through this process, God is perfecting the work in you. And he's perfecting the work in the promise. Because God wants the conditions to be right. He wants the conditions of our hearts to be right. And he wants the conditions of the promise to be right also. He wants that when when these when you receive this promise that you have the capacity to steward well over it god will not come and give you a premature promise he's not going to give you a premature baby so if you have a premature child and i'm not speaking about a physical child i'm speaking about the promise if you have a premature promise you recognize that it's not developed and when I say developed, I don't mean that everything is perfect because you're going to still have to work. But meaning that if you you recognize, you know what, this is not God's timing, you're going to run into trouble. It's best to wait on God. Let him bring the promise into maturity as well as bring you into maturity because a lot of times we are not as put, well put together as we think we are. We really aren't. So God is doing a work both in you and in the promise. Whatever this promise may be, when it comes to you, it must be a blessing and not a burden. Oh, glory to God. It must be a blessing and not a burden. But if it comes too soon, it will be a burden. Because you don't yet have the strength. Isaiah 40, 31 again. You don't have the strength. To steward over this promise. But God wants your wings to be strong like the eagles. And if you're. If you have not yet come into maturity. The maturity he wants you to come into. That thing will completely take you out of the sky. It will crush you. Hmm. Do you see why it's important for us to wait on God? It is so important. And one of the things that I would say also is don't stalk your promise. Don't stalk it. We tend to receive a promise from God. And then we go in checking upon it all the time. Checking, 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 checking. Can you make it come any sooner? Can you force God into giving it to you sooner? You can't. God is sovereign and he does as he pleases because that's his will. His will is to do as he pleases and he is um, in the right position to do so. Because what he does is well done. God is right. Just remember that. God is always right. So if he chooses to withhold something for you, from you for a while... Believe that he's right in doing it regardless of how you feel. Regardless of how you feel. Know that there is a reason for it. He is good. And that goes back to trusting in the character of God. But don't, don't stalk your promise. Because then it takes your focus. Once again, from off of the blesser onto the blessing. And from the time we do that. We run into problems because we end up in idolatry. And when the Holy Spirit convicts us of idolatry, we're saying, but God, where have I placed anything before you? 
Do not allow your blessing to become your God. One example of actually putting the blesser in front of the blessing. I'm reminded of Abraham. When God told Abraham, sacrifice your son, your only son, whom you love. What do you think that God said whom you love? Simply, there are things that we tend to love more than God. There are things that we, when God blesses us with them, we can become tempted even before we receive them for our devotion to waver where God is concerned. Our focus just becomes aligned to this blessing as opposed to the blesser. But God has something different for us. He doesn't want us to fall into that state of idolatry. And that's why it's important for us to focus on him, to throw all of our affection and attention on him in the weight because it builds you up to be able to steward the blessing. Yes, the blessing is good. And we're not saying that you're not excited for the blessing. We're not saying we don't want the blessing. If we're telling the truth, of course we want the blessing. But we must always want the blesser more than we want that blessing. Always want the blesser more than we want that blessing. God is a God of order. And should we want the blessing more than we want the blesser we've already lose we've already lost sight of what life is about because as moses would have said to god lord if your presence don't go with me i don't want to go i'm not going from here don't send me from here because he understood that without god's presence that there was nothing There was nothing. Without God's presence, we have nothing. That blessing is empty without the blesser. You will have all the money in the world. Let's say God promised you money. You will have all the money in the world and still be empty. If you doubt me, ask all the rich people that committed suicide. You ask God for a family. And God said, okay, no problem. You get the family and you forsake God. And what happens? You become miserable. And it's not fulfilling. In order for fulfillment to come, God must be at the head of it all. There is no fulfillment without God. And so I would say that part of the blessing is the blesser. They come together and not apart. Because even in not having the blessing as yet and you have the blesser you have all that you need you know all that you need because you know that everything comes from him it goes back to saying seek first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added Hmm. like abraham god said to abraham i am your shield and your exceeding great reward like really when we have god what else do we need everything we need comes from him And so it's important for us to recognize that, yes, the blessing, that's important, yes. 
But even in the time that I lose this blessing, if for whatever reason this blessing is sacrificed, if God requires me to sacrifice this blessing, or if at some point in time this blessing is taken away from me, what do I have left? Only the blesser. But you see, if you don't have the blesser, you don't have anything at all. So in our waiting, let's be conscious to keep our minds fixed and totally, totally aligned with God. Yes, expect great things. Yes, expect great blessings. But understand first and foremost that the blesser, while you're waiting, the blesser is what and who, rather, who our minds ought to be fixed on. Because without him, we are nothing, can do nothing, and will never be able to do anything of substance anyway. It's in him that we live, we move, and we have our very being. We need him to breathe, folks. And so I just pray that this word encouraged you today. I know that it will reach those that really have, those who really have their waiting experience right now, who may be having difficulty. And this is a word that is very dear to me because I'm also waiting on God for some things. And in order to give a word, you have to receive it first. And I'm just grateful to God for sharing his heart with us on this matter. Wait on the Lord. Hmm. I just want to play a song for you guys. It is by Maverick City and Elevation Worship. It is entitled Wait On You. And it is it's, it's really, really impactful. For me, it's been really impactful and it's ministered to me tremendously. So I'm just going to play that and then we will go out. In fact, I'm going to pray. Yeah, I'm going to pray first and then I'll just let the song be the last thing. But you can find it on YouTube. It's there and it's really been ministering to me in this season while I'm waiting in the middle. So, Father God, I bless you and I honor you and I worship you because you are holy and you are righteous and you are faithful and you are true. You are good, Lord. And as we've discussed waiting, Lord, I pray that you will strengthen the heart of every woman, of every man, God, of every individual boy, girl that would have listened to this podcast today, that would have needed to hear about waiting on you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it has stirred our hearts. Lord, I pray that this would be a message that becomes applicable for your people in season and out of season. Hmm. Show us those things that we ought to do while we wait. Show us what waiting looks like from your perspective. And as you have even shown us, just a snippet of it here. I pray that fresh revelation will come to your women and to your men, God. That as it relates to waiting, we will even be able to help others in their wait. God, receive all the honor and all the glory in our wait. 
I pray that you will draw us closer to your side as we wait, God, that this relationship will be built between you and ourselves, God. That it will be fostered and built, oh God, tremendously as we wait. That we will learn to trust in your character, knowing full well who our God is. You are the El Shaddai. You are the Ancient of Days. You are the Great Jehovah. And so we give you thanks and praise. We worship you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, with thanksgiving, we pray. Amen and amen. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for joining me and listening to the word that God has given us as it relates to waiting. I pray that this song ministers to you and that as you wait, that new perspective would definitely be upon you and upon us because I'm still waiting as well. But as we wait, may God strengthen us. May he cause his light, the light of his countenance to shine upon us as we wait. And may we experience the depth, the depth and the height of new relationship in him. God bless you. Take care, love, peace and blessings in Jesus name. Amen. Actually, in thinking about um, copyright and not wanting to get into any problems with any authorities i'll just sing a portion of the song for you and then we can disperse wait on the lord wait on the lord he will renew your strength so wait i say Wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, He will renew your strength. So wait, I say. So God bless you and have a wonderful day.